Take your Bibles, if you would, please, today and open up to the book of Titus, Titus chapter number three in the Word of God, Titus chapter number three in the Word of God today. And as you find your place here in Titus chapter three, would you please stand for the reading of God's Word, Titus chapter number three. And as you find your place here, if your health allows you to, would you please stand for the reading of God's Word today, Titus chapter number three. We're going to read through just about half of this uh, chapter here in Titus. It is somewhat of a familiar passage of Scripture, but I want to look at Titus chapter number three, beginning in verse number one. Would you please follow along as I read today? The Bible says this, put them in mind to be subject to principalities and powers, to obey magistrates and to be ready to every good work. Verse number two, to speak evil of no man, to be no brawlers, but gentle, showing all meekness unto all men. For we ourselves also were sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving diverse lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. But after that, the kindness and love of God, our Savior, toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to His mercy, He saved us. If you believe that, say amen. amen. By the washing and regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, which He shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, that being justified by His grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. This morning, I'd like to look at this passage of Scripture, and as the Holy Spirit allows this morning, preach a message entitled, A Biblical Reminder. A Biblical Reminder. Let's go to the Lord in prayer today. Our Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, that once again we can gather in this auditorium. Father, I am so thankful for the college students that sit here right now. Father, with all my heart, I believe it is going to be this generation that turns this world upside down for you. Father, the world in which we live, it's not getting better and better. It's getting darker and darker. But Father, your light has not changed. So help us to shine bright for you. Father, in a world where we can complain about a lot of things, Lord, it's it's a scenario like Edward that puts us back in our place that we serve a really good Savior and that there are those out there that are suffering right now. Father, I do ask, Lord, for those that have a heavy heart this morning, even the family of this assistant pastor here in California, Lord, be with them today. Father, as we sit here today, Lord, we can either sit and daydream or be on a phone or worry about yesterday or the concerns of tomorrow or Savior, we can take a moment even during this prayer and ask, Lord, speak to me. Father, I ask, Lord, that the conviction of the Holy Spirit would be in this place today. That, Savior, you'd take away the naysayer spirit, that, Father, that, that spirit that, oh, this isn't right, oh, I've heard this. No, Lord, I just ask that we'd all be ready and willing to learn. And the Father, today, we'd walk out those back doors changed, more like you and your image. Savior, we love you. In your Son's holy and precious name, I pray. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. 
a biblical reminder. All of us have reminders in our life each and every day, whether we realize it or not. Most of us this morning did not just wake up automatically at 5 o'clock and be ready to click our heels and face the day. No, for most of us in this room, we set what we would call an alarm clock. For probably 98% of us, it is now an alarm clock that is on our phone. It was a reminder that went off, and as it went off, it reminded us that it is time to get up. I don't know how many of you have a roommate like I had in college. It was very frustrating my junior year of college to have a roommate that would set his alarm, and he would set it for about an hour ahead of time of when he was supposed to get up. And he would set that alarm, and it would go off, and he would hit snooze every nine minutes over and over again. How many have a roommate like that? Would you raise your hand? How many want to shoot your No, I'm just kidding. Listen, it's very frustrating, but it's that alarm. It's that reminder of, okay, it's time to get up. It is time to start the day. Our cars remind us when we get in. If you have a car that is newer than 1996, you get in and that car reminds you that your seatbelt needs to go on or you'll see that little light so often as college students we do, that little light that reminds us we need to put in some very expensive fuel to be able to get to our destination. We have alarms that we set of upcoming due dates, of quizzes or tests or projects that may be due. As a parent now raising five kids, I often remind my kids, as maybe some of your parents have reminded you in the past, every time we get to church, I mean, hardly a time passes that we don't pull on this property for church or revival service or something taking place at school that I always put the van in park and, and I take off my seatbelt and none of our kids, they, kid, they know what is coming. And I turn around in our van and, and I look at my kids, now look kids, we go in here, you better mind your manners. Tommy, you better shake hands hard. You know, Lois, you say yes ma'am and no ma'am. London, stay in the van, okay? Twins, you better, you better be on your best behavior. And, and I'm always giving this little reminder. My wife's always getting her purse ready and she just laughs at me like, they're not even listening to you. Don't you run as soon as we get out of the car, man, they take off. And I'll remind them later, bless God. But listen, it's a reminder, okay, to be on your best best behavior. Even at college this past week, as we've now been going through orientation, there are those reminders that, that we have been giving you as you had a good five, six, seven week break. And, and guys, you've been coming in and we've been reminding you, okay, now look, you're back in college. Let's get back in the groove with things. Yo, shave your beard and you got to get it all shaved off. And we love your little man patch here and here, but it's time to get rid of it, okay? And girls, we've been reminding you, you know, read the rule book, whatever we remind you of, and, and what we go through, and we give you all these reminders, even for those of you who are dating right now. You know, praise the Lord, you're dating, you got a boyfriend or girlfriend, but we, we here at West Coast Baptist College, we often remind you that you are not married. Somebody say amen right there. You should, because you're not. It's gross. You're staring at each other like this far apart, like... Write them up, Dr. R. Look, you're not married yet. It's a reminder. You'll be there soon, but you're not there yet. Is it amazing in the Word of God how oftentimes the Holy Spirit reminds us of who we are and where we came from? 
Have you ever noticed that it's not for us to have this type, some type of self-worth or pride of, hey, look at me, look what I've done, look what I've accomplished. No, no, it's not at all. Oftentimes we see in the Word of God a, a reminder that shows us where we came from and who we are in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And there's many reminders of how you and I ought to behave in this world or this culture and society in which you and I live. What I love about this passage of Scripture here that we see in this book of Titus and Titus chapter 3 is we have an older seasoned missionary writing to a younger Gentile man by the name of Titus. The first chapter deals with the appointment of elders over several local churches on the island of Crete. The second and third chapters of this passage of scripture really deal with the conduct or the convictions expected of those who were members of these local churches. The awesome thing that you and I have to admire about men like Timothy and Titus is that they had a heart to learn and listen and engage in what they were learning from this older missionary, this apostle Paul. May you and I always have a heart, listen college student, may you and I always have a heart, a desire to want to gain from an older generation that has already been through the storms, who have already set sail, who have already had ministries, who have already given thousands of hours of counseling and preached thousands of messages behind a pulpit. Can I just tell you, may you and I, even at my age of 36 years old, may we never get to a place where uh, we, we're at the apex of our spirituality and you know now we're ready to write books because we've been through college and we now have our bachelor's degree and, and we've, we've, we're pretty read up on, on culture and 2020 and, and we kind of understand. I'm just telling you friend, if you and I are going to turn this world upside down, may we always have a desire, this willingness to sit at those who have gone before us and learn what they have have already been through. Amen. Pastor Prater is here, and not many know, but Tyler and I were able to go to uh, college together and spent several years together, both of our wives. We met at Bible college, and speaking with Pastor Prater yesterday, he said something. We got out of the car, he didn't know, but I wrote it down. If you want to tweet it out later, you can beat me to it, but tag his name to it. He said this, and I quote, I want friends that are my age. But I want mentors who have already been through the storms. Excuse me, man, it's a good place to tune in for just a moment. I want friends that are my age. I want mentors that have already been through the storms. College students, beware of anyone who mocks those who have laid the path before us. In light of the times in which we live, there is this great reminder from the Apostle Paul to a younger generation. Hey, look, I just want to give you some reminders of some things. As you attend a local church, as you serve in a local church, as you witness to the society that you're living in, here are some great reminders of how you and I are to live our life even in this day of 2020. Number one, if you're taking notes, would you write this down today? Number one, recognize the world is watching. Number one, recognize the world is watching. Look at verse number one of chapter three of Titus. Look what it says. Put them in mind, watch now carefully, 
to be subject to principalities and powers and to obey magistrates. Check out the wording here. To be ready to every good work. Oftentimes when we approach this passage of Scripture, watch this now. We oftentimes move to the first part of this verse. We'll use it in the workplace, or we'll use it with a teenager, or we'll use it in the local church. Okay, You've got to obey those that have rule over you. Obey the magistrates, obey this. Okay, Yes, and I understand the connotation there, and it's great, but that's not part of the message. What I really want to concentrate for just a moment is the last part of the phrasing here, verse number one, where it says, be ready to every good work. West Coast Baptist College, be ready to make a difference. Well, I, I, I get it, Brother Shepherd. That's, that's good and that's great and all. But, you know, I, I just, I, I honestly, this is my, I'm just being very humble here. I just don't think I'm one of those people. I just, I, I'm here and I'm ready to get in. I'm ready to study New Testament. I'm ready to get my theology classes. I mean, I, I'm ready to be there. I'm ready for my media. And I'm, I'm ready. But I just don't really feel like I, I, I'm going to be the one that's going to go out and make a, a big difference in our world. Hey, friend, can I just tell you, with that type of attitude, you are exactly right. But you and I, it doesn't matter if you're an introvert or extrovert. It doesn't matter if you're outgoing. It doesn't matter if you're athletic or a nerd. I'm just here to tell you, if you are saved, if you're saved this morning, say amen. amen. Then friend, let me remind you, you are different today. The Bible says, but you're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people that you... It should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. College student, because we are saved, there is going to be a difference between us and the lost world. Paul said it like this. He said, wherefore come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, then I will receive you. It was our Savior that said this, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. And God, let me remind you from the word of God today. We talk often about millennials, but millennials are already serving. Millennials are not the next leaders. They, they already are leaders. We're already in churches. We're serving. We're raising families. Some millennials next year will have kids that will be in college. What the generation after the millennials, what they're looking for, this is you. What they're looking for today is something that is real. What they're looking for is someone to tell them the truth. They don't want it to be made up. They don't want fluff. They don't want the, with the same old, same old. They, they, they don't want something that is an imitation. What they desire is not something that is created by man. It's not man's religion, whether it's from 1970s or 2020. What this world desires and is looking for today is something truly, watch now, is coming from this student body that is not made up, it's not robotic, it's not something that you and I can create. It is a different Holy Spirit type of movie that you and I cannot generate, no, but it is authentic. And that is the very word of God. If you believe that, say amen today. Amen. Fellas, here at West Coast Baptist College, the graduates, we, we're not lining you up and putting a stamp on you to go out and change your world because now you are a Thomas Shepherd. 
That's, that's not, that's not the goal. I wouldn't even be here if that was our goal. Our goal was not to say, okay, go out and change the world because we just stamped you and now you're Dr. R. Now you're Dr. Getch. Now you're Dr. Shetler. Now you're Brother Sultanic. Now you're Dr. Lester. Now you're Dr. England. Now you're, okay, now, now that you're them, good, you look like them, you act like them, you dress like them, you part your hair like that. Okay, now go out and change the world. Excuse me, friend. That's not the goal here. The goal here is to get back to the very word of God. The goal here is to get back to a, a foundation. The goal here is to get back to a final authority. And that final authority you and I are never going to find in religion. We're not going to find it in churches. We're not going to find it what I think or how I feel. I'm just telling you, friend, if we're going to change this world, it's going to have to come from you and I standing on the word of God and declaring, listen, friend, that there is a God who came and he gave a son and that son had a ministry and he died on a cross and he was buried and three days later he rose from the dead and friend, that God lives today. That's what's going to turn this world upside down. The world is watching you and I be ready to every good work. Be ready, friend, to make a difference. In the culture that you and I live, can I just tell you, everybody, everybody knows. Look, look Tyler, I'm just telling you. I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I'm being real with you today. You ready for this, Caleb? I'm telling you, everybody knows what you and I stand against. You, you can tweet it out, Stevie, all you want to. You can post it on your Instagram. But I'm telling you, Alicia, they already, they know what we stand against. How many stand against abortion? Say amen. amen. The lost world knows that. How many think today or believe by the word of God that, that, that being married is between man and woman alone? That's it for life. If you believe that, say amen. amen. The world knows that. They know we stand against sodomy, homosexuality. They know we don't believe in a gay or a lesbian lifestyle. They know we stand against giving a three-year-old the option to choose if they are a male or a female. They know we stand against those things. But I'm, I'm here to ask us today, does the world know what we stand for, Matthew? Does the world know that we stand for love? Does the world know that we stand for peace? And it's different. Our love is, is different than the, the world's love. Our love is a love for an enemy. Our love is a love for a lost person. Our love is love for those who spitefully use us. Our peace is different than the world's peace. Our peace is not the kind of peace that, that is weighed on whether we're having a good day or not. Our enthusiasm for life, can I just tell you, friend, it's different than the lost world. Our enthusiasm is not based on how much money we make. Our enthusiasm is not based on our GPA. Our enthusiasm is not based on our family tree. Can I just tell you? Our enthusiasm ought to be based on that you and I are saved and going to spend an eternity with our Savior, Jesus Christ, one day. Amen? It's different. The joy that every person has in this room is different than the joy that we see in the lost world. Why? How? How can that even be possible? Because our joy, listen friend, is not based on circumstances, Phil. It's not based on, well, you know, I guess this is good, so I'll have some joy in it. No, our joy is based on our joy in our Savior. That means you can watch someone who has just lost a loved one, those who have gone on before it, and you can go to the funeral of a lost person, and I'm going to tell you there's wailing and gnashing of teeth. Why? They don't know what happens in eternity. But have you ever been to a, a funeral of somebody who was saved? 
Sure, we're going to miss them. Sure, it's tough. But it's not a goodbye forever. We're going to see them very soon. Can I ask you something today? Call you. Let me just bring it out. Whoa, 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 whoa. No, don't lose me here. Bring it out just for a moment. The world is watching you. Does your social media point them to Christ? Well, I only have 76 followers and 20 of those are from my church and my youth group and my family. You know, so I'm just here to tell you, everyone in here is a leader. <laughs> well, everyone in here is a leader. Someone is watching you. There are some in this room that I'm just here to tell you, you've got a following. Like we heard from Dr. Shetler yesterday, you're wasting it. You're ruining it. I'm going to remind you to let every good one. You ready to make a difference? How is your social media? Can I ask you today, how is your steadfastness? For a long time, Pastor Prater, I think you'll back me up here, and Dr. Lester and others that are in here that are millennials, for a long time, our generation has been looked at, and, oh, they're weak, and, and Dr. Getch talked about it the other night, you know, there's, uh, you know they, they, we played for points, and you guys play, everybody gets a participation trophy, and yeah, I get it, and I understand, and I'm not upset at all, and I honestly, to be honest with you, there's many of us that agree with that, you know, we want to play for points, and we don't want to be called, but I'm here to tell you what your generation is being looked at as being, you ready for this? Quitters. Brother Shepherd, I thought you were the nice guy. Thanks a lot. I'm just being truthful with you today. There's a lot of people looking at your generation saying they just quit. Oh, Dr. I, I looked for two weeks, couldn't find a job. I quit. Well, I, I don't know, Mr. Diversion. That, that was Dr. Diversion. That was a really hard test. You know, I, I'm just not going to be able to quit it, cut it. I, so I just kind of have to quit your class. I'm sorry about that. And friends, what we need is some young people that have some steadfastness. TK, we can't afford to lose you. Excuse me, Austin, we cannot afford to lose you. We need you. But there are many that are following you and they're going to watch as you head out to your freshman year, your sophomore year, your junior year. And they are going to base what they do for the rest of their life on your steadfastness. Well, I don't know, you know, it's just too hard. I get my phone out of it. Life is too hard. No, my life's not rainbows and butterflies. I'm headed home. I'm done. I'm quit. I'm just here to tell you, friend, aren't you thankful that when Jesus Christ hung on an old rugged cross, he didn't quit until he said, it is finished. Amen. It's a biblical reminder. Number one, would you write this down? Number one, recognize the world is watching. Number two, uh, reveal God's love. Number two, there's a reminder to reveal God's love. Look at verse number two with me of chapter number three. Watch as we move quickly now. Watch what it says. To speak evil of no man. Uh-oh. To be no brawlers, but gentle. Showing all meekness unto all men. 
there is a reminder to live in a godly, loving manner before the Lord, before the world, before the lost world, before our friends and our family. You and I must be careful not to send a strong or wrong signal to the lost world, causing them to turn away from Christ instead of to Him. For you and I as college students, it ought to turn our stomachs to hear of someone speaking or insinuating or insulting any other Christian. It ought to be at the heartbeat of our, of our very being that whether it's in a dorm room or whether it's reading a blog or, or watching somebody's TikTok or, or a snap or, or being on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook or a messenger or even a personal text message. It ought to turn our stomachs to hear of somebody else insulting or being mean to, to another person and especially another Christian. It was Christ that said, but I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. Paul had a caring heart and was giving a reminder to be meek with all men. And that you and I come together today understanding, watch now, that yes, there are those that may blog that, well, you know, I don't know about Bible college, and I'm just saying, I don't know if you can get all this in Bible college. Can I just tell you, friend, I mean, that's it's not a news flash. We understand that Bible college is not going to train and give you every single little bitty thing that you're going to need in ministry, but it does give you a great foundation and a great training to be able to take that next step from boot camp into the pastorate or into a missionary, into a media man, or into a music guy, or into a school teacher. Can I just tell you, friend, it's not anything new. We can't give you everything, but I'm here to tell you what, what, what West Coast Baptist College and what Bible college does for you and will give you is friends and a team. I don't need to re-preach Dr. Shetler's message yesterday, but I just want to tell you amen to everything he said. Being in the ministry, oftentimes... Yeah, we'll, we'll jump on Twitter and we'll read probably four or five big mega ministries and that's all we follow. Can I just tell you that they're, listen friend, I'm not, I'm just, I'm, you know me, you know me by now. I'm just going to be super truthful. You know, there are thousands of missionaries around the world that are winning thousands of people to Christ and we don't even know their name. <laughs> You understand it? Before I came to West Coast, I, I didn't know of a Dr. Stensis. And it honestly wasn't truly until I sat down with Brother Tyler and he began to tell me everything that that man had done. Sometimes when you're in Africa or a youth leader in Oklahoma or an assistant pastor in Texas, or planting a church in Maine. It get, might at times get a little bit lonely. Being a pastor or now working here at West Coast Baptist College. Friend, I'm not going to say that every single day. I've just got, man, just hundreds of friends lined up. Can't even keep up with it. You know, there's been times. There's been some storms and some rough times. But I sure am thankful that what I gained at Bible college was friends. 
Like a pastor prater who sits up here when I went through that hard time would shoot a text, praying for you, man. You'll make it. You'll be okay. Friend, I'm here to tell you today that there are reminders throughout the Word of God that you and I ought to come together and reveal God's love even to each other. Now look, 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 look. Isn't it so funny when we know preachers? We just, we've sat through so many chapel services now, Dr. Gadge, that we're looking at our watch. It's like 1121. We got Steve Knight coming in at some time. You know, Brother Shepard's got a guy and he's already lulling his voice. So guess what he's doing? He's coaxing us in. He's going to end here in just a minute. No, I'm not. <laughs> no. Revealing God's love doesn't start when you walk across this stage and are handed your diploma. I think you and I, not put it into practice, but I think it ought to be part of our life, Libby, right now. I just want to ask, how many either transferred in or you're a freshman, but this or you're coming back or returning, but you were not here last semester and you weren't here in the fall, but you're here this spring semester. Don't be shy or embarrassed, but very quickly, would you just stand up just real quick? Just stand up real quick, 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 great, great, great. Good, good, good. Stand up, stand up. Hurry now, hurry all over. Good, good, great. Amen. Good, good. What's your name? William. William, come here, William. Can I just tell you? Listen, listen, listen. Watch, watch, watch. William. Wow, your heart is pounding. You okay? Okay. Right. Hang on there. Hang in there. I promise. I won't embarrass you. Can I just tell you, every one of these people in here, they're brand new. They're here. Some traveled from foreign countries. For the last three days, their heart is pounding like Williams. They're nervous. They don't know where to go. Had a kid... Not a kid. <laughs> I'm 36 now. Little kids. I had a college student ask me Sunday, where am I supposed to go? What, what is the Revels building? <laughs> Aren't you a college student? Yeah. Well, I it's brand new. Didn't know. Had no idea. Oh, come on. Let's take you over here. Yesterday. Where do I go to get this? I had to call Brian out. Brian, can you take him up? And fill out. Had a, a student just on, literally, just yesterday, a New Testament. Uh, what is Canvas? Can you, I don't know. Canvas. What is Canvas? <laughs> can I just tell you? You want to reveal God's love? Reach out and help one of these. Well, that's somebody else's job. I'm telling you, if that's your foundation, that's going to be your foundation through your whole ministry. It's not my job to take out the trash. Well, it's not my job to vacuum. Well, it's not my job to knock doors on Saturday. My, my job's on Thursday night. Well, it's not my job to fill up the baptistry. Well, it's not my job. I'm just here to tell you, listen, friend, if you and I are going to have a reminder, here's the reminder. Be gentle. Be kind. Put on a smile. Help, friend. It's what the ministry, it's what our Christian life is all about. Thank you, maybe see that. Can I just say, revealing God's love doesn't start when, man, now, way to go, seniors. You made it to your senior year. Congratulations. Woohoo! You did it. Great. Now you can reveal God's love. No, friend, it has to start right now. Amen. Kindness goes a long way in the Christian life. You will be amazed at how many people at your job will reach out to you just by having a smile on your face. Number one, we see, recognize the world is watching. Reveal God's love. But number three, would you write this down and look at verse number three. Number three, 
remember who you were. Verse number three, remember who you were. Look what it says. For we ourselves, Paul talking. <laughs> I mean, us in this room right now were sometimes, yep, foolish, disobedient, deceived, <laughs> serving diverse lusts and pleasures. Bible's not archaic. This is absolutely applicable to today. Living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. Be careful, you and I. There's this warning here not to think too highly of ourselves as we should. The last four messages has been all about this. You and I putting down ourselves, but there's also this reminder to look at who we have, who we were. Sometimes, yes, we were these people. It was Paul that said it this way. For I say, though the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God hath dealt to every man the pleasure of faith. Remember you, college student, you and I, we are nothing outside of the shed blood of Jesus Christ. But sadly, listen to now. sadly there are many that remember who they were, they run back to verse number three, watch it out very carefully, and that is where they camp. That's where they lived. They remember, yeah, and I remember how I used to be, and why I used to be involved in this, and why I used to do this, and, and that's, that's where they, that's honestly, truly, watch now, that's where they live their life. There are many, Dr. Goddard, that we have spoken to. They've done something in their past that they're, they're ashamed of or they, they, they failed, man, had a place. And, and that's, that's where they've parked the last 10 years. They never go back to church. It's always doom and gloom. It's, it's always this embarrassment living in their life. The problem is, friend, that they're looking backward instead of forward. And friend, right now in this, in, this, in this college chapel, you have got to, I don't care if you are a freshman or you're transferring in or you are a senior and this is it for you. I'm telling you, friend, you cannot live your life looking in the rearview mirror. No, it was Jesus that said, look, no man having put his hand in a plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. It was Paul that said, brethren, I count myself not apprehended, but this one thing I do, watch very carefully, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth into those things which are before. I press toward the mark of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Friend, I'm here to tell you, maybe you've messed up in the past. Maybe you've done some things that, man, were sinful and, man, it made you blush and, man, and maybe you've even got some scars from it. But, friend, I am here to preach to you today. Watch now very carefully. It is covered under the blood of Jesus Christ. In fact, you ready for this? <laughs> We've all been there. <gasps> no, yeah. I mean, probably not Dr. Gedge. Yeah. No, 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 no. Not Dr. Lester. No, no. Mm -hmm. Not you, Brother Shepherd. Well, you're right, not me. No, I'm just kidding. Yes, I'm me, of course. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There are none righteous, no, not one. 
said, Brother Shepherd, then why bring up the past? Friend, let me put it like this. When you and I have a biblical reminder of who we were, it helps us to get on the level of those who we are ministering to. Brother Weaver and I have discussed oftentimes. And Dr. Weaver would tell you this. That over the last 20 years, culture has completely changed. In the day and age where everybody just goes to at least one year of Bible college that grew up in a youth group, those days are gone and over. Personally, it really breaks my heart at how many are missing out on the best life that God has for them. (laughs) To chase something that's never going to bring them real happiness. Friend, I want to help us today. Excuse me, excuse me. That not everyone that is in your dorm room had the upbringing maybe that you and I had. Not everybody that walks on this campus grew up with a mom and dad that loved each other and brought them up in an independent fundamental Baptist church. And went to a one hour or patch club every Wednesday night. And youth camp every, every, every summer. Not everybody that steps on this campus is just honored or, or had that privilege of having that upbringing of being in church three times a week. Not everybody that's in your dorm, excuse me, right now, is just honored. And boy, I'm telling you, I was called to preach at six years old, and I was saved at four, and assurance at ten. Boy, I'm just telling you, not everybody in your your dorm room, I'm telling you right now, and continuing of God tarries over the next 10, 20, 30 years, is going to walk in like that. There are those that have stepped on this campus even this semester that they've they've been heavily abused. They've come from a broken home. They've been shamed and even walking or thinking about going to Bible college. Not everybody had a mom and dad at the end of the driveway hugging each other, waving goodbye to Johnny or Susie. Boy, there they go to Bible college. We'll pay your first bill for you. No, there were those that their mom and dad are lost and mocked them and laughed at them. Said, what are you doing? Where are you going? This is a this is a sham. This is a scam. This is not for you. And I raised you better than this. I'm just here to tell you, friend, there are those that are gonna be on this in your door in this semester that man, they they've got scars and boy, they're tatted up, and boy, they, they've they've had uh, their ears stretched out, and boy, they they they've they've been around and they're not a virgin, and boy, they just they they've lived a hard life. I'm just here to tell you, there'll be those that have been saved, excuse me, friend, in the last year. They know they can name all the Kardashians, but they can't name any of the minor prophets. Well, yeah, boy, preach right there, Brother Shepherd. I'm just here to tell you. I'm not, I, I often wonder why are they even in my dorm? Excuse me? Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. For you are like unto whited sepulchres, which endear to appear beautiful outward, 
but are within of dead men's bones and of all uncleanness. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye pay tithe of men and anise and cumin and have omitted the weightier matters of the law, judgment, mercy, and faith. These have ye had should have done and not leave the others undone. You and I must remember where we were. You and I must remember that we are nothing outside of Him. You and I must go back and recall that yes, verse number 3, we were all of these things, uh, but we've been changed. We've been washed. We have a new uh, outlook on life. We have a new enthusiasm. And friend, uh, that is the type of enthusiasm that we need on this campus to show, hey, uh, maybe you didn't grow up like me. Hey, maybe you weren't privileged like I was, but come and sit with me. Come and learn with me. Let me help you. And let's turn this world upside down for the God that loves you and I. Do you agree with that say amen this morning? Now watch it, I'm done. It's a short, very short, watch. Number four, realize it's because of Christ. A college reminder, realize it's because of Christ. Look at verse number four, watch what the Bible says. And hating one another, verse number three, verse number four, but after that, the kindness and love of God our Savior toward man appeared. Oh, not by works of righteousness, which we have done. But according to His mercy, He saved us. By the washing and regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. Which He shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Here's a biblical reminder. That being justified by His grace... We should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Here's a reminder. Maybe college student, we stop fighting. Stop whining. Stop crying. Hey, Brother Shepherd. Stop complaining. And just take a moment and realize the life you and I live is all about Him. Shame on us talking about the piano we play. Oh, the ministry we built. God forbid college student, every senior in this class 10 years from now, we don't look back and brag on Twitter at the churches we've started. No, maybe we just stop for a moment and realize without Him, who are we really? I wonder, college student, if we just need a little reminder this morning. It's been a little while since we stepped out and got on our knees and didn't cry out, oh God, give me, give me, give me. Lord, help, pay, give me, I need. Maybe we just need that little reminder. God, it's been a little while since I said thank you. Thank you that I'm here. Thank you that I get to live another day. It's been a little while, but Lord, I just want to tell you, thank you for saving me. I don't know if I've ever prayed this, but God, thank you 
for giving us the complete, inspired, and errant word of God. Lord, I just want to tell you, I complain a lot, and I'm going to stop for a minute and get on my knees and just say, I realize today it's all about you. Thank you.